first of all, for hosting, and Mr. Shem, as we always say, the, the house should be filled with Shem Brachas and Ruchnias and Agashmias with Simchas and Mr. Shem. Should be a house filled with Torah and should be a base of Adlach Chachamim and Mr. Shem, a place for tremendous growth, not only tonight, but in Mr. Shem going forward as well. So, what we've been focusing on the past, uh, I don't know, good couple of months already, is really trying to focus on the Avaid of each individual month and trying to figure out exactly what we're supposed to be working on what we're supposed to be focusing on each individual month. And as we said many, many times before, in each year, every month has its own avoida, every month has its own work. And some months it's easier to figure out, some months it's a yantif in it, it's much easier to figure out, some months it's a little bit more complicating and we have to dig a little bit deeper in order to figure it out. And Chaydash Ir is one of those months that maybe it's not as apparent what you need to be doing during Chaydash Ir. Let's see the Sphere Saimer, there's Lag Baimer, there's Pesach Sheni. But in terms of a real obvious avoida, it's not as obvious. But we'll see, we mentioned this really when it came to Chedesh Cheshvan, which is also, an avoid, uh, also a month that doesn't really contain any Yom and Tevim in it, that when you focus on a month that looks externally, like it doesn't have much in it, ultimately you see that the work that needs to be done and the work that could be done during that month is a lot deeper and a lot more profound because there's something bigger taking place than just a Yom Tev that, that happens, just something simple, just something external. All the work that takes place is something much, much more internal. So... We'll try to discuss a little bit Chaydash Iyar, and obviously it's very heavily connected to Sphere Saimar. That's what takes place during Chaydash Iyar. During the month of Iyar, maybe we'll talk about Pesach Sheni a little bit as well, if you have time, like Baimar. All of these things are really interconnected, but we really try to focus on what the Avaid of Chaydash Iyar is. It's just interesting to note that the month of Iyar we mentioned before, that every month has a Shevet which is connected to that month, and the month of Iyar is connected to the Shevet called Yisachar. And the Pasuk says about Yisachar that's Yedeya Bina Le'itim, that one of the things Yisachar knew was they were able to know the times. And that means, halachically, they were capable of knowing when to be able to create that concept called Kiddush HaChidosh. You needed somebody very smart to be able to figure out when every month you're able to renew the new month, when you're able to have the months, the months that weren't set up by a calendar. So you needed Bezden Agadol, you needed the Bezden Sanhedrin to be able to decide when the new month started. And that was something that Yisachar was specifically capable of. They had the Chachma. They had the knowledge to be able to figure out how to, how, to, how to utilize the calendar properly, how to set up new months properly. And therefore, in the month of Chaydash Ir, which is Keneged, which is connected to the, month, the Shevet of Yisachar, it's obviously that much more important to focus on what do we do this month. They were the Shevet that knew what to do every month. They knew Yedea Itim, which means they knew what every time represented, what every month represented, what every day represented. And therefore, in Chaydash Ir, which is connected to the Shevet of Yisachar, we really have to figure out what are we supposed to be doing? What, what, what takes place? There's no Yavim Tevim really. What Avoida, what, what aspect are we supposed to be involved in that we're supposed to be working on during Chaydash Iyar? So that, that, that's as a way of introduction. And again, this is what we've been doing the past few months is just trying to figure out exactly what we're supposed to be focusing on during each month. So I, I'll tell you the truth. There was a question that has been bothering me for the past week, week and a half maybe. I spoke about it in Shul on Shabbos. And I think I spoke about it one way in Shulan Shabbos, and I think we'll speak about it another way tonight, but I think it really sheds a lot of light in what we're supposed to be involved in during Chedesh Ir. We find that before Pesach, every, every woman and every man is involved in the process called cleaning one's home. And maybe the, maybe the woman more than the men, maybe the cleaning ladies more than the woman, but everyone's involved in that process called cleaning the home. And we know that it's not just a physical work that takes place, that you clean the house from your chametz. And we know that when you burn the chametz, you're not just burning the physical chametz. And when you do bedikas chametz, you're not just searching for the bedikas chametz that takes place for the few pieces of chametz or 10 pieces of bread that you place there. But what one's involved in during the process of cleaning in the month of Nisan 
and Bedikas Chametz the night before Pesach, and Sreifas Chametz, the, the burning of the Chametz, the Bir Chametz that takes place in Erev Pesach, is something very spiritual as well. And the Avaida, the, the, the work that takes place, is a spiritual work. That a person works on cleansing themselves from any concept called Chametz. Chametz represents the Sarsha Isa, Chametz represents the Yetzirah. And what a person needs to work on during those days leading up to Pesach, and specifically on Pesach itself, when we have to stay away as far as we can from the concept called chametz, is a person needs to work on that idea of getting rid, of ridding themselves of any concept of chametz. Chametz represents the ego. Chametz represents the Sahara, Ridding ourselves of anything that's evil and walking into Pesach saying we're completely clean. There's a yiratzen that we say when we burn the chametz, that we talk about the fact that just as we're burning the physical chametz, we also want to be burning the spiritual chametz. We want to get rid of any Chametz, any Yetzirah, any Gaiva, any Gases Ruach, anything inside of us that's not perfect. And the process of cleaning and the process of getting ready for Pesach and Pesach itself is a process when we rid ourselves totally of the Yetzirah. We eat matzah, matzah is connected to the man. Matzah is a totally spiritual food. We're not involved in the physical things bechlal and physical foods bechlal. All the food we eat is connected to the matzah. The whole concept of preparing for Pesach and Pesach itself is ridding ourselves of the Yetzirah. So it just struck me as very odd is that you go through Pesach and we all, we're all perfectly pure in Pesach. We eat matzah, we only eat spiritual food. It's the matzah, matzah connected to the man, which is the food that Malachim ate. And we cleanse ourselves before Pesach and we're totally clean. And we spend, we sit there on Erev Pesach with a candle the night before Pesach, going through every crevice in our house, looking for something, trying to be baitik ourselves, to check ourselves, to make sure that we don't have anything that's anything that's wrong, any, any connection to the Yetzirah, that we get out of that place called Mitzrayim, not just the physical, place called Mitzrayim, but the spiritual state called Mitzrayim. And then we go through Pesach. What do you do right after Pesach? We go back to the same thing. We go through 49 days, and every one of those 49 days, we're supposed to be fixing ourselves. And it just struck me as very odd. We, we just went through this process. Right before Pesach, we just cleaned ourselves out. Not just physically, but spiritually, we cleaned ourselves out. We got rid of all of the evil inside of ourselves. We got rid of any connection to the world called the Yetzirah. And then we go through a Yantav called Pesach, which we're only eating matzah, and the day after Pesach, or not even the day after Pesach, the night, the second night of Pesach, already we start counting Sphiris Aymar, and every day we have to be working on something else. Didn't we fix ourselves already? Why are we going through this double cleaning process? A cleaning before Pesach, and then Pesach, which is a spiritual yantif, totally spiritual, disconnected from Paroi, from Mitzrayim, from the Yetzirah, and then after Pesach, we go through a cleaning process again as a, as a preparation for Shavuos. Shouldn't we walk straight from Matzi, straight from the first night of Pesach, straight into Shavuos? Why is there a gap in between? And, and what cleansing is there to do? If we, if, we, if we rid ourselves of any chametz, there shouldn't be anything else to do. We should go straight into that place called Shavuos, called Ma'an Torah. What cleansing is there that needs to take place? And really, to, once we understand the difference between the cleaning that takes place before Pesach and the cleaning that takes place after Pesach and the process of growth before Pesach and after Pesach, we'll be able to understand what the Avodah of Chodesh Ir is, what, 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 what we're supposed to be doing. What's the spiritual work that takes place before Nisan, the cleansing that takes place before Nisan, and then the cleansing that takes place after Nisan in the month of Chodesh Ir leading up to Shavuos. So... We really have to understand that there's two different avodas that take place. One of them prepares us for Pesach and allows us to go through the Yantif of Pesach. And then there's this whole separate avodah which takes place after Pesach. The, the, the avodah of going, going, going through the Yantif called Pesach, the avodah of Pesach is for a person to become totally free. That we're stuck in that place called Mitzrayim. We're stuck in the place where we're Shibud. We become avodah, we become slaves to Parai. And what we go through and what we work on prior to Pesach and through Pesach is becoming free. But that's a very, very nationalistic kind of freedom. 
all of Klal Yisrael was stuck in Mitzrayim and we all needed to go free and we all screamed out to the Rabbanish Shalom and the Rabbanish took all of Klal Yisrael from the place called Mitzrayim and he took us out. But that's a national kind of freedom. It's, it's something which is not unique and not individual and not connected to me as an individual, me as a person. But all of Klal Yisrael was in Mitzrayim and we all went out of Mitzrayim. We all needed to get out of Mitzrayim. We were all slaves to Pari and Mitzrayim. And now all of us together need to go from that place of being slaves to getting out of Mitzrayim. So Pesach, the cleansing that takes place before Pesach, and the work that takes place before Pesach is something which is a work of becoming free, but it's not focused on the individual. It's focused on the national, national aspect of Klal Yisrael. It's focused on Klal Yisrael as a whole, that we all are in Mitzrayim, and we all need to get out of Mitzrayim. And that's why the Avedah, the work that we focus on before, we, before Pesach, and the work that we focus on on Pesach itself is very nationalistic, it's very wholesome, it's very, all of Klal Yisrael does the same thing. We all need to search for the exact same thing. We all need to search for chametz. Chametz looks the same by everybody. And the food that we eat on Pesach is the exact same food. Everybody eats the same food, regardless of whether you're Sephardi, Ashkenazi, regardless of whether you're Chassidish, everyone eats matzah. And matzah only has two ingredients in it. It's simple, it's, it's, everybody eats the same food, it's flour and water and nothing else. Doesn't matter whether you eat soft matzahs or hard matzahs, machine matzahs, ceramic matzahs, everyone's eating the same ingredients. The ingredients are the same, they look different, but everyone's involved in the same process. The process of going free is not, is not about the individual. If you have, you know, Khalila, when, when Klal Yusso was in the concentration camps, right, 70 years ago, when Klal Yusso was caught up in, in the place called the Holocaust, and, and the Americans came and liberated, liberated the concentration camps, it wasn't an individual liberation that took place. They said, everybody can go free. And everybody was stuck in the concentration camps, maybe everybody had different jobs there, but everybody was going, everybody was capable of going free and everybody was able to get out in the same way. Everybody left. Pesach is the yontif which we celebrate freedom on a national level. That we all were in Mitzrayim and we all get out of Mitzrayim. And that's why the yontif of Pesach and the cleansing which takes place prior to Pesach is not focused on me as an individual. We're all involved in the exact same thing, getting rid of chametz, and we're all involved in eating matzah on Pesach, the exact same ingredients. For example, even the carbon Pesach which we eat, the carbon Pesach is a very interesting carbon. It needs to be eaten by Chabura. It's eaten as a group together. Before Pesach, every person has to, has to gather together, either his family or his family and some friends, and you eat it as a Chabura, you eat it as a group. You eat it together. Even the way we celebrate Pesach nowadays, right? most of us celebrate Pesach as families. Pesach's a yantif, a family. Sukkot, you know, most people in the community, Pesach, everyone's with family. Everyone's with parents and in-laws. It's not about you as an individual. It's not even about your family as an individual. It's about something bigger than, it's about you and your parents and your in-laws and the extended family. Pesach's a time and Pesach's a celebration of all of Klai Yisrael going free on a nationalistic level. That all of us were in Mitzrayim and we're all going free and there's no focus on me as an individual. Svirah Sa'imah is a very, very different thing. After I've become free, then I have a different avayda. Now I've become free. Now I'm not a slave anymore. But the fact that I'm free now causes me to need to stop and think about, so what do I want to do with my freedom? When the Nazis, when the American soldiers liberated the, you know, the Jews in the concentration camps, so now every person was stuck in a place called the DP camps. They're all in this place after the, after the concentration camps. And everyone as an individual needed to stop and think, what do I want to make of my life? What do, I, what do I want to do with my freedom? I'm not in jail anymore. I'm not in the concentration camps. I'm not a Mitzrayim. I'm not Meshubit. I'm not a slave anymore to that world called the Yetzirah. But being free is not enough. We all know that a person can become free and a person can get rid of all of those things that are holding them down. But if they don't do anything productive with the freedom, so then it's just freedom. Then you're there and no one's, no one's enslaving you, but, but you're a slave to yourself because you haven't decided what you want to do with that freedom that you have. Nisan, the avoid of Chodesh Nisan, the avoid of Yitzhiya Mitzrayim, the preparation, the cleaning that takes place before Pesach 
is about I'm in Mitzrayim and I'm a Shubit, I'm enslaved to that world called Pari and the Yetzirah, and I need to make sure that I get out of that place. But then after Chaydesh Nisan, after Pesach, I've now walked out of that place. I'm now no longer stuck in Mitzrayim. I'm no longer slave to, to the Yetzirah, to Pari, and now I'm standing free. I have no shackles on me. There's nobody enslaving me. There's nobody holding me down. And now I'm a free person. And now I have to figure out through the Avoida of Sfiris Aimer, what do I want to become as an individual? All of Klai Yisrael is free, but every person in Klai Yisrael has his own individual role. Every person in Klai Yisrael has their own thing that they need to utilize that freedom for. We didn't all become free, and the Rav Hashem said everyone has the same mission. Everyone needs to be involved in the same thing. We're all free, which means you're not a slave anymore, but now you have to figure out what are you gonna do with the freedom? What is the avoida that you want to be involved in to say, now that I'm not enslaved anymore to Megei what do I wanna become? Now that I'm free. Every person that gets out of jail, there's a whole process that takes place. It happens in the, in the, American, in the American prison system. It happens in the Israeli prison system. They, they let the guy out of prison. And then it has to be an integration process where they slowly integrate the prisoner back into regular life. He's free. He can get out of jail. There's nothing. He's not, he's not enslaved anywhere. He can go anywhere. But now there's a whole other process that needs to take place. Okay, now you're free. Now what do you want to do with the freedom? They try to help the person get a job. They try to help the person integrate back into society, back to his family. They try to figure out what they want to do with to freedom. Otherwise, what happens is they become free and they end up back in jail six months later, six days later, a year or two later, but they're just going to end up back in the same cycle. If we can't figure out what to do with the freedom that we have after we walk out of Pesach, so then we're still slaves. We may not be slaves to Parai, but we haven't done anything with the freedom and we're free and we're not enslaved, but we haven't become anything. On Pesach night, we really focus on this really, on Pesach night itself. We focus on the concept called Cheirus, which means freedom, but we also focus on being a melech, being a king. Part of what happens on Pesach night is not just that we act as free people. We also act like kings. We lean when we drink. We set up the table in beautiful, beautiful caleb and has to have beautiful vessels. There's a halacha that's brought down that a person should set their table with all the silver and gold that they have to put everything onto the table. Why? Because we want to be a king. The difference between a free person and a king is a free person is not enslaved to anything. A king is so much more than that. A king and a queen is somebody who says, okay, I know what I want to do with the freedom. I have the ability to be able to take that fa- the fact that I'm not enslaved to anything, which a melech, a king, is not enslaved to anybody. He can do as he wishes. The Lashon of the Gemara is a melech has pirates together. A melech can go wherever he wants. And then the melech is somebody who takes that freedom and then decides what they want to do with the freedom. Pesach is about becoming free. Post-Pesach, the days after Pesach, already starting once we, once we experience and once we taste that freedom on Pesach night, we then focus on, okay, what do we want to do with the freedom? How do I, as an individual, how do I focus on me, myself, what can I do with the freedom? How do I want to fix myself and not just fix myself to get rid of evil? How do I want to make sure that I'm involved in that process called Asetoiv, where I'm doing something with the fact that I've now become free? The month of Chaydesh of Iyar, according to the Sefer Yitzirah, which is the first Kabbalah ever written, Kabbalah Sefer written, which gives us the avoid of every month, says that the month of Chaydesh Iyar is her, is thinking. It's not an action. There's nothing to do. Doing something is when I'm trying to run away from something. I'm trying to run away from Parah. I'm trying to run away from Mitzrayim, from the, from the Yitzhahara. So I need to run somewhere. The month of Chaydesh Iyar is when every person stops and contemplates. Now that I'm free, what do I want to do with my freedom? How do I integrate in a way where I move from being free to being a king and a queen? How do I move from being free to being a melech, from being just free and not enslaved to actually being able to do something with my freedom, to do something in a way that I'm able to focus on who I am as an individual and be able to use it properly. That's the avoid of Svir Sa'imer. There's a cleanliness that happens before Pesach 
But that's everyone's doing the same thing. Everyone's involved in the same process. We're all trying to run away from that concentration camp, from that Yitzhahara, from that Pare, from that Mitzrayim, from those things that are holding us down. And then after Pesach night, after Seder night, the first Seder, we all take the shackles off. We all take the handcuffs off. And we're now all free. And now we're capable of doing anything. And then we have to stop and contemplate, beginning with Sphere Seimer, what do I want to do with the freedom? What do I want to do now that I'm not enslaved? How do I want to make sure that I, as an individual, am able to utilize my individuality in the greatest way possible? And that's the process that takes place in between Chaydesh Nisan and Shavuos. Chaydesh Nisan has become free, and Chaydesh Ir is that, is that process of when I'm able to focus on me as an individual, what I'm capable of doing, and to figure out what my process is. We all know that the Talmidim of Rabbi Kiva died during these days of Sphere Sa'imar. And the Gemara says a fascinating thing. Why did, why did Talmudim Rabbi Kiva die? The Gemara Nivama says, They didn't give respect to each other. And everybody asks, because it doesn't make any sense. Rabbi Kiva is their Rabbi. Rabbi Kiva is the one that taught, He taught that you have to have a Havas Yisrael. And his Talmudim, 24,000 of his Talmudim, couldn't be Nagu Kavad Zebezeh. They couldn't respect each other. Their Rebbe is the one that says, not just that you have to be after Recha Kamecha. Their Rebbe is the one that says, It's a Klal Gadabatayra to focus on the Haftar Recha Kamecha. And his Talmudim die because Shalai Nagu Kavad Zebezeh. They don't respect each other. But the answer is exactly what we're talking about. You can have Ahavas Yisrael. But if you can't focus on people as an individual, and you can't focus on yourself as an individual, so you can have a havasol, you can love people, but there's, a, there's no shalinagu kavod zebezeh. Shalinagu kavod zebezeh means they didn't honor each other. They don't respect each other as an individual. They looked at themselves as one big unit of our 24,000 talmidim of Rabbi Kiva. But there was no place for individuality. There was no place to focus on what can I bring to the table that my friend can't bring to the table? What does my friend bring to the table that I don't bring to the table? How do we each as individuals bring out this concept of kavod? Shalinagu kavod zebezeh doesn't say they didn't have a hava for each other. They didn't have kavod for each other. Covet means that you respect each other. You respect somebody else when you're able to focus on what they can bring to the table as an individual. And you can only respect other people when you can respect yourself and figure out what you're capable of bringing to the table. If we look at ourselves as one big unit called Klal Yisrael and we lose sight of the fact that we're individuals within Klal Yisrael, so then we may have a lot of Ahavas Yisrael. We may love each other, but what we're lacking is covet for each other. We're lacking respect for each other. We're lacking respect for ourselves and our own unique mission, and we're lacking respect for everybody else's mission. To recognize that everybody's capable of doing something else, everybody's capable of having their own unique way that they're able to go from being free to being a king and a queen. That's what covet means. The word covet even has the same, the same lashon as the word kaivet. Kaivet means something's heavy. That means that I give weight, that somebody else carries weight in my eyes, and I carry weight in my own eyes. That I recognize that the goal is not just to be free. The goal is not just that, okay, we're all exactly the same. The goal is to recognize that I as an individual have something unique that I need to work on now that I've become free. Now that I'm not enslaved, what do I want to do as an individual? And the Talmudim Rebekiv had a lot of ahava for each other. They loved each other, but they didn't have covet for each other. They didn't have covet for themselves. They didn't have covet for each other. They looked at themselves as one big unit of Talmudim Rebekiv. Even the way the Gemara phrases, the fact that 24,000 of Talmidim Rabbi Kiva died, it doesn't say 24,000 Talmidim died. It says there were 12,000 peers of Talmidim Rabbi Kiva that died. They looked at themselves as a peer. Me and somebody else were a peer, we're chavrusas, we're together. They couldn't view themselves as individuals. And the whole avoid, the whole process that we need to go through after Chaydesh Nisan, after we come out of Mitzrayim, is okay, we're now out of Mitzrayim, now I need to stop and I need to look inside, I need to contemplate, I need to, I need to think about, it. I need to be involved in that, where I stop and I think, 
What am I capable of doing with my freedom as an individual? That's the avoid called Sefirah Sa'imer. If you look at the Lashon of the Pasuk, when the Pasuk talks about Sefirah Sa'imer, the Pasuk says, Usfartem lachem, that you need to count for yourself. It doesn't say Usfartem count, but Usfartem lachem, count for yourself. The Zerah Kaddish says, why does it say Usfartem lachem? Why doesn't it just say Usfartem count? Why does it need to say and count for yourself? So the way this Zerah Kaddish explains and Sefer HaMakadoshim explain is that the whole Avoida of Sefer Sa'imer is not about counting as a, as a group. It's not about everybody counting. We don't have that the Chazan gets up in Shul and the Chazan counts and everybody listens in and says Amen the way we have by many other brachas. But every individual man in Shul has to count. And even if a woman's not physically counting, even if she's not counting with a bracha because, she, because that's, the, that's the way many women are naive, they don't count with a bracha. But this Avoida, this work of Usfartem Lechem, Counting for yourself means that I focus on myself as an individual and I'm able to figure out now that I'm free, what can I do as an individual? What am I capable of being? What can I be now that I'm free? What can, how can I integrate in a way which is proper? And a person needs to focus on this. Usfartem lechem, to count for yourself. Lechem la'atzmechem daika. The way the Svarim writer is, shekal echad tzorach lispar sfiris ha'imer la'atzmai. Everybody needs to count spheres of for themselves. As I am as an individual. I don't look at anybody else and say, what are they doing? What's the work that they're doing? That they're doing right? Everybody knows, every woman knows that one of the big challenges, maybe if you don't stay home, it's not as much of a challenge. But one of the big challenges before Pesach is the competition that goes on and how much of your house have you cleaned already, right? Everybody comes to the park and everyone says, you know, where are you holding a Pesach cleaning? Everybody cleaned the downstairs, everybody cleaned upstairs, everybody cleaned the basement. There's a lot of looking at everybody else and what they've cleaned and, you know, judging yourself based on how much you should have cleaned based on what everybody else is cleaning. Spirit Armor is not about that. Spirit Armor, you don't talk to anybody else about what you're involved in because it's not, it's not something that everybody's doing the same. It's something that everybody as an individual is counting as an individual. Everybody's figuring out for them how do I count the days? How do I make sure that every day during Sphere Sa'imar I'm working on something that I know I need to work on? If I focus on what somebody else is working on and I look at what they're working on and I try to take that avoid of myself, so I end up falling into the place of Yish, I end up becoming depressed and I'm not doing as good of a job as they're doing. But that's not the avoid during Sphere Sa'imar. The avoid of Sphere Sa'imar is Usvartam Lachem that I count on my own and I'm able to recognize myself as an individual and focus on what I need to do. And I need to stop and contemplate this and it takes time, it takes real work and that's why there's no there's no Taivan that really take place on an external way. Yeah, it's Pesach Sheni, a lot of but it's not about actions that take place. It's about stopping and thinking during Sphere Sa'imer. And whether you're counting or not counting, the avoida during Sphere Sa'imer is to figure out how to become a king and a queen, how to be able to utilize that freedom in a way that I say, who am I as an individual? What can I do? What can I work on in terms of Sur Meirah? What can I get rid of? What are, the, what are the specific challenges that I have in my own life? And what are also the specific milas that I have, the great, the, 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 great, the, the, the great assets that I can bring to the table that nobody else can bring, right? Rishol Salantar used to say that just, he, he, he says, he used to say that it's terrible if a person doesn't know their own shortcomings, or own shortcomings, if a person doesn't know their own failures and their own challenges, that's terrible. But he said what's even more terrible and what's a greater tragedy is when a person doesn't know their own strengths, when a person doesn't know what they're capable of. Because then, okay, you can get out of Mitzrayim if you know what your, if you know what your short, short, shortcomings are, if you know what your challenges are, you can get out of Mitzrayim. But if you, don't know what you're, if you don't know what you're capable of doing, if you don't know what your, where your strengths lie, if you don't know what you're capable of doing as an individual, you don't know what, what you're capable of bringing to the table that nobody else can do, 
So then you lose out on what your mission is. Then you're free and you're out of Mitzrayim, but you stand at the gates of Mitzrayim and you don't know where to go. You don't know what to, you don't know what to do with that freedom. You don't know where to take that freedom from being free to being involved in that concept of being a king and a queen. And therefore the whole Lavoid of Chaydesh Ir is about, is about individuality. It's about focusing on myself and figuring out what can I work on? What can I focus on? How can I grow to become the best person that I can become? That's why it, it, it's usvartam lachem. Count for yourself, focus on yourself, recognize what you need to work on. Even the avoida of Svir Sa'imar, every, every day there's another avoida that takes place. Every week there's another avoida, but they're not defined. It's not that there's chametz and you have to get rid of it. You have to figure out what these avoidas are. This week is the week of Tferis, which is, it, it, these words are very big words. They're words of chesed, gvura, tferis, netzachayi, yisayda, malchas. There's different aspects and different midas that you need to work on. But what those midas mean to an individual, every person has to figure out for themselves. How they can utilize that in the best way, every person has to figure that, figure that out for themselves. The avoida of Svirus Sa'imer is not the same as it is before Pesach. Before Pesach, I clean myself and I get rid of it, but everybody's involved in that same process. Everybody's involved in getting out of Mitzrayim. Once I leave Mitzrayim, now I need to stop and I need to focus on myself as an individual. We all left, all the Klai Yisrael left, and now I stop. And I say, okay, I ate the Seidu with my whole family, and I, maybe even with my extended family, and it was a Chabura eating together, and now I'm out. And now I say, what, what can I as an individual do to make sure that I'm utilizing my strengths in the best way? And, and looking at somebody else and somebody else, else's work is the greatest, is the greatest it, can become, it can become the greatest challenge in a person's own personal growth. If I focus on what the people around me are doing, when I'm trying to focus on my own personal growth, it only becomes the greatest challenge because I focus on what they're capable of doing and what they're doing and I look at myself and I don't live up to their standards or I focus on what they're doing and I try to copy them and emulate them and that's not my avoid, that's not what I can bring to the table and it's a tragedy because we're looking at everybody else and trying to figure out what they're doing and we don't stop and focus on what we're capable of doing that we're not capable of this avoid the cold spheres aimer we svartam lechem that we're capable of counting for ourselves what we need to be involved in Nassim writes in the Kutei that the same way we find that one can have a challenge from a Yetzirah and one can have a challenge from somebody who's trying to stop somebody from being involved in avoid this Hashem in a very clear way Nassim writes in the Kutei the same way there can be a mania there can be a challenge from things which are obvious challenges he says a person can also have a challenge from those people around them that are their best friends, that are their family, that are people that are growing around them. Because if I'm looking at the people around me to try to figure out how I should grow, how I should become the best person that I can be, so then they end up becoming the greatest challenge. And it doesn't look like a challenge. They look like they're growing and I wanna grow like them, but that's a challenge to my own growth because I'm not focusing on myself as an individual on what I'm capable of focusing on. And therefore before Nissan, and before Pesach, we just want to get out of Mitzrayim. We want to make sure that we're not, sla- ins- we're not enslaved anymore to Paray, to the Yitzhahara, to Mitzrayim. And then we get out and we say, okay, now we want to really focus. Now is the time that we have, you know, part of being in Mitzrayim is that you don't have, the, you don't have time to breathe. Right? It says that Klai Yisrael didn't listen to Meishu Rabbeinu, they were so caught up in working, they couldn't think about what they wanted to become as an individual. You talk to some of the Holocaust survivors and, you know, there's discussions about why they didn't rebel, why they should have rebelled. And they all, all tell you the same thing. We didn't have time to think about rebelling when we were in the concentration camp. They were so stuck in that place of being enslaved, they couldn't think about what they wanted to do and their future. It was just about surviving day to day. Getting out of Pesach is that of, of just, okay, we need to survive and we need to get out of the place where we're in survival mode. And now we're not in survival anymore. Every, survival mode anymore. Everything's going well. We're at a Mitzrayim. And now we have the time to contemplate, to think, to try to figure out, to be mindful of what am I capable of doing? How can I ensure that I become the best version of myself that I'm capable of becoming? It has nothing to do with the people around me. It's me as an individual, what I'm capable of becoming. This is why the month of year is very heavily connected to the concept of refuah. 
We know that the, the name Ir spells Ani Hashem Refecha. So Rashi Tevis, Ani Hashem Refecha is Aleph, Yud, 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 Yud is Hashem's name, and Resh stands for Refecha. Ani Hashem Refecha, Bnei Sascha talks about this at length, that the concept of Refua, the concept of healing, has a lot to do with the concept of Ir, the month of Ir. Why does healing have to do with this idea? Because if you look at the Pasuk, we say this Pasuk in, in, in Pesuk of Azimra, we say, Hashem heals those that are brokenhearted, He heals those that are depressed, and then the Pasuk goes on and continues. The Pasuk in Tehillim. Kapitel Kufmam Zayin. He heals broken heart. He helps those that are depressed. And the Pasuk continues and it says, He counts the stars. He gives every star an individual name. And the Svarm explained to us what's the connection between the beginning Pasuk, the first Pasuk, and the next Pasuk. One Pasuk talks about Hashem healing broken-hearted people and depressed people. And the next Pasuk talks about the fact that Hashem counts the stars and gives every star its own individual name. And the Svarm explained to us that the most depressing thing and the thing that makes us broken-hearted is when we think that we don't have any purpose in this world. When we just look at ourselves and put ourselves in as a whole community, as part of Klal Yisrael, and we just don't view ourselves as being an individual. And we say we have no unique purpose. We don't bring anything unique to the table. We're just like everybody else. We're carbon copies of everybody around us. And we're, there's nothing unique about us. There's nothing great about us. There's nothing special and, and, and significant about us. We're just like everybody else. Hashem heals those that are brokenhearted and those that are depressed because they feel that they don't have an individual mission. They feel like they're not doing anything. How does Hashem heal them? He counts the stars. He gives every star an individual name. The same way every star has a specific name that Hashem gives that star. And even though there's millions of stars, Hashem doesn't just lump them all together and say you're all stars, but Hashem counts every star by itself. He gives every star an individual name. Hashem does the same thing to every Yid in Klal Yisrael. Klal Yisrael is compared to the stars. Hashem told Avram Avinu that Klal Yisrael is compared to the stars. And Hashem counts every single Yid in Klal Yisrael. And Hashem gives every Yid a name. Not just a name that we were called when we were born, but Hashem gives every Yid his own mission. The name represents the mission that the Neshama has in this world. And Hashem heals those that are brokenhearted and those that are depressed by Hashem telling every one of us and we have to hear this call from Hashem, that Hashem tells every one of us, you have a purpose, you have a mission. There's something unique about you that nobody else in the world can do. Because if you were a carbon copy of somebody else, Hashem would have not, would have not created two of the same people in, the, in this world. Hashem created every single Yid and every person in this world with a unique mission. And there's something unique that everybody's capable of doing that nobody else can do. And Hashem heals all of us that have this brokenness inside of us that says, okay, there's nothing special, we're just... We're just like everybody else. We're Adam Etzwayim, but there's nothing special. There's nothing unique. There's nothing we can do. And Hashem, Hashem heals us and says, He counts the stars. He gives every yid a name and says, you are something unique. You are something special. You can do something that nobody else is do, capable of doing. And that's where the month, the, the name of the Sefer, which talks about Ga'ula, of getting Adam Etzwayim, is called Sefer Shemais. It's not called Sefer Ga'ula. The Ramban calls it Sefer Gula, but the name we call it is Sefer Shemais. Shemais means names. Why, is, why, do, why are names important when it comes to the Sefer, which in English is called Exodus? It's about Klal Yisrael leaving Mitzrayim. Names that don't seem to be a, play a very integral part in the fact that we got out of Mitzrayim. But names really represent what getting out of Mitzrayim is all about. Getting out of Mitzrayim is not that we're not slaves anymore. Getting out of Mitzrayim means that we're capable of finding what our own name is. That we're capable of recognizing what our mission is, who we are. It's called Sefer Shemais, the Sefer of names, because the goal of getting out of Mitzrayim is, what's my name? 
What am I capable of doing? What's my mission? What can I do that nobody else is, can be involved in that nobody else can do? And therefore the month of Eir is Ani Hashem Reifecha. I am Hashem, the one that heals you. How does Hashem heal us? Hashem heals us from that place inside of us that feels broken, that feels depressed, that feels like th- there's nothing unique. There's no reason why I'm, I'm, I, can, I should continue doing something special. I should, th- there's nothing different about me. I'm just lumped together with all of Kali Yisrael. And Hashem heals every yid during Spirit Sa'imer, during this month called Iyar, where Hashem says, Ani Hashem Refecha. I am Hashem, the one that heals you. The Pasuk says, the Pasuk that has the words, Ani Hashem Refecha says, says, all of the sickness that Hashem placed in Mitzrayim, like, I won't place on you. And the passage continues, Hashem says, I won't make any of you sick. But that's not enough, the fact that you're not going to be sick. That just means you're not enslaved to Pari. You're not enslaved to Mitzrayim. Then Hashem continues with what the goal is. The goal of getting Adam Mitzrayim is Ani Hashem Refecha, that I am the one that's capable of giving you your own unique purpose, your own unique mission. This is the month, Chaydash Ir is a month that this farm tells us that the, the Gemara tells us that the Avis were born in. Avis represent being an individual, being something that's unique. Avram wasn't like Yitzhak, Yitzhak wasn't like Yaakov, the Shvatim weren't like Yaakov Avinu. Each one of the Shvatim had their own individual mission. The month of Chaydash Ir is about Ani Hashem Refecha, that Hashem says, I'm the one that wants to heal you, I'm the one that wants to give you your own unique purpose, your own unique role in this world. And that's what we need to be focused on during Chaydash Ir. During Chaydash Nisan, we just want to get out. We want to make sure that we're not enslaved anymore. We're not caught up in all those things that are holding us down. And then we're ready. Now we're at a Mitzrayim. We're at the gates of Mitzrayim. And now we really have to figure out, what do we do with it? What do we do with the freedom? How do we make sure that we take freedom and do something healthy with it, do something productive with it, do something which is going to make us really be kings and queens, that we're able to get to that mission that Hashem told every Yid and Klal Yisrael that he's going to be able to become a Mamlechas Kainim, a nation full of princes, of a Goy Kadesh, a, a holy nation, that we'll be able to take that freedom and to be able to do something with it. And therefore, the whole avoid of Chaydash Ir is to stop and to contemplate. Who am I as an individual? What are my strengths? What are the challenges I have? What are, what are the things that I need to work on? It's, there's no one answer that fits all. There's no one thing that we all needed to be working, working on. It's stopping and viewing myself as an individual and focusing on what am I capable of doing that nobody else is capable of doing. And to believe in that, to really believe that we're capable of doing something different, to believe that we have a unique mission, to believe that we're not like everybody else, to believe that every Yid and every one of our children's different and every one of our children's unique and us and our spouses and our friends around us, everyone, every person, to give cover to each other, to give respect to each other, to give, to give individuality to ourselves and to the people around us, to really recognize and believe that part of becoming free is recognizing what our own individual mission is. We know that one of the big tzaddikim that, was, uh, that lived many years ago, 150 years ago, was the Divi Chaim of Sons. The sons are of Divi Chaim of Sons. And he had many sons and many daughters, he had many children. And one of his son-in-laws that he had was a yid named Reblazer. He became a rebbe in his own right, the Jikavar. One of his son-in-laws that he had was a yid named Reblazer. And Reblazer at one point in his life fell deathly ill. And he was on his deathbed. And he was, he was really holding within hours, maybe moments, maybe minutes of his death. And he told somebody that was around him, he said, go call my father-in-law the Divrei Chaim. My father-in-law is a big tzaddik. My father-in-law is capable of giving me a bracha, giving me Yeshua, bring me back to life. Go call the Divrei Chaim. Go call my father-in-law and tell him that I'm on my deathbed, that it's really, I'm holding at the end. So the Divrei Chaim comes in and there's a shocking conversation that takes place between the Divrei Chaim and his son-in-law, Reblazer. Divrei Chaim comes in and Divrei Chaim tells him, he sees his son-in-law who's on his deathbed and he says, what's the issue? He says, what are you afraid of? You're afraid to leave this world? 
He said, this world is full of darkness. It's full of suffering. It's a terrible world. He says, the next world, you can go up to Gan Eden. It's a beautiful world. You'll be able to be, you're afraid to leave. You're crying. You don't want to leave. You want a bracha not to leave. He said, the greatest place in the world you can go, the best place you can be is to go to the next world. He says, Lech Lashom, go in peace. Everything will be fine. What are you afraid of? So the whole room hears this and hear the divrachem. They're expecting the divrachem, the Rebbe, to come in and give a bracha to help the son-in-law get out of this place of sickness. And he doesn't do anything. He seems to be totally indifferent and he's okay with the fact that his son-in-law is dying and he doesn't even seem to stop it. On the contrary, he seems to be pushing his son-in-law out of this world. So everybody's crying and everybody's screaming. And Ablazer says, he says, Rebbe, he says, father-in-law, he says, at the end of the day, it's very nice that Canadian's a great place. I don't know that I'm going there. I don't, know that I, I don't know that I've done everything I need to do in this world. I don't know that all of my schusim, all of my merits are going to get me to the place that you're talking about. Maybe I'm going to get up there and they're going to send me down to, to Ghanem. Give me a few more years, Davin, for me, that I'm capable of being in this world a few more years so that I'm capable of living and being able to rectify all those things I did wrong. So Divrachim said, his father-in-law said, he said, that's what you're worried about? He says, don't worry. He says, I promise you, you'll have a great place in Ganeiden. I'm telling you, I can see. You'll be fine. Don't worry about it. Go, lay down, close your eyes, go in peace, and everything will be fine. So our place is crying. He says, he says, Rob, what about my family? He says, I have a wife. I have kids. I need to take care of them. I, I, if I leave now, who's going to take care of the rest of my family? Devachem said, don't worry about that. He says, I'll make sure. He says, I'll make sure that between me and the chassidim and, and, and your other siblings, your, your, cho- your wife and children be totally taken care of. Don't worry about it. You can go in peace. You can die in peace. At this point, he doesn't know what to say anymore. He already spoke about the next world, the fact that he's not going to have a proper place in the next world, and his father-in-law promised him a good place. He already cried about the fact that his family is going to be left alone, so he doesn't know what to say anything anymore. To say anymore. Finally, the blazer, as his mom is about to die, he screams to his father-in-law, he says, Tata, he says, father-in-law, he says, Rebbe, it's almost Rosh Hashanah. He says, you know that I have a special nusach that I sing for Nesana Toikif, a part of the Avoid Rosh Hashanah. He was the Chazan. He said, there's something that, there's a way that I sing the Nesana Toikif that nobody else is capable of singing the Nesana Toikif like me. He says that the Malachim are, are nispal, the Malachim are blown away by the Nesana Toikif that I have. So Divrachim hears this, the fact that his son was talking about the way he davens in Rosh Hashanah, it's a few days before Rosh Hashanah. He says, you know what? He says, you're right. He says, that's a good enough reason for you to be, you to be in this world. And the Devachayim goes ahead and he runs to Davin, runs back to the shul to Davin. And Blazer survived, Blazer recovered, and was capable of being the Chazan that year on Rosh Hashanah. So I heard over this story recently, and the one who said the story said, the whole story is an odd story. Here you have the Devachayim, his son was dying, he's capable of, clearly capable of davening, to, davening for him and saving him. And the fact that he's scared about the next world doesn't, doesn't, doesn't affect the Devachayim. The fact that he's scared about his wife and kids doesn't affect him. And he says, because he can daven on Rosh Hashanah, Nesana Toikif, Divrachayim says, that's enough of a reason for me, for me to daven. But the answer is that Divrachayim was trying to get Rabbi Lezer, his son-in-law, to figure out what's unique about you. What are you capable of doing that nobody else is capable of doing? What's your own song? What's your own niggin? What can you sing? What song can you sing that nobody else is capable of sing, singing? And where Rabbi Lezer said that what I'm capable of doing is, sing, is davening Nesana Toikif like nobody else could, so Divrachayim said, okay. So that's, that, that's life. That's what life looks like. Life's lo- life doesn't just look like, okay, I need to be alive because I, in general I have things to fix. Life is about figuring out what's, the own, what's our own niggin. What song can we sing that nobody else is capable of singing? What are we capable of doing that nobody else is capable of doing? And we're able to do that, we're able to live life to its fullest, not just to be free. Being free is very nice, but if you don't know how to integrate and utilize that freedom properly, so we're just free, but we're not living life. Living life and the goal of real chiyas, of real life, is to figure out how to sing our own niggin, how to go from that place of being in Mitzrayim to Adam Mitzrayim, 
and then to come to Ma'an Torah. Ma'an Torah was the concept, Shavuos is the concept, that every Yid needed to be, needed to be by Ma'an Torah. Chazal tells us if one Yid would have been missing from Ma'an Torah, there were millions of people there. If one Yid would have been missing, the Torah never would have been given. Rabban Shem would have not given the Torah because every person added something unique to that world called Kabbalah Satera. Once we left Mitzrayim, we then needed to stop and contemplate and look at ourselves and individuals as individuals and figure out, okay, what can I do? What am I capable of doing? What do I need to rectify? But more importantly, what am I capable of working on? What myla, what advantage do I have that I can bring to the table, that I can bring to the community, that I can bring to my family, that I can bring to those around me that nobody else is capa- cap- capable of doing? And once we do that, they were able to move from that place of Nisan, where we just work on getting free to the month of Ir, when we work on Reifecha, we're able to become where Shem heals us from that place inside of us that's broken and depressed and says, there's nothing special, there's nothing unique. And we recognize that every day, if the fact, is, if the, if the, fact the very fact that we woke up this morning and the very fact that we're going to wake up Hashem tomorrow and day after and continue for many, many years to come, the fact that we wake up means that the Rabbanu Shalom says there's something that you need to do that nobody else is capable of doing. Hashem should, Hashem should give, us, give us the Yeshiva Das, the tranquility, and the ability to stop and to think during the month of year, to think about ourselves, to think about what, what, what ourselves as individuals, our children as individuals, our spouses, the people around us, to focus on individuals, not just Klal Yisrael as a whole, not just the Chabura that we have on Pesach, not just that everybody's eating the same matzah, but now we're eating bread and everyone's eating something different and the concept of what we're eating is very different and it's very individualized and the concept of what we need to be working on is very individualized. We have to go from that place of being a nation, a whole, just the concept of Klalius, of all of Klal Yisrael leaving, to being able to focus on ourselves. And we're able to do this. We're able to rectify that Avera, that, that Pagam, that, that challenge that the Talmudim of Akiva were involved in. We give covet to ourselves, COVID, giving way to ourselves, to the people around us. We're capable of doing that. And will give us the ultimate refuah, which is that we'll be able to see, that we're able to have our own go'ula. Mashiach means that we're able to figure out what our avoida is. It's a concept called Mashiach, that all of Klaus is going to reach Mashiach, but every individual also needs to have a go'ula. Every individual also needs to be able to be be connected to that place called Mashiach. We're able to figure out what our own unique mission is. Hashem should help us have the strength to be able to stop, to figure out what our nigat is, what our song is, what we're capable of doing, to connect to that place called Ani. Me as an individual, I myself, what I'm capable of doing, what I'm capable of becoming bigger, the areas that I can, sh- I, can sh- I can strive and I can become greater in, and by focusing on ourselves as individuals, and Mitzvah Hashem will go from that place of Nisan to that place of ear, from just becoming free, to be able to use that freedom to become real kings and queens, and to be able to utilize that freedom in a healthy way.